0: Hello and Namaste guys, I am Dr. Anushruti and I am back with yet another blockbuster. Today on board, we have Dr. Tyler Khaleesi who is a physical therapist and certified strength and conditioning specialist with 10 plus years of experience in strength training. He is joining live from USA. Hello Dr. Tyler, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to chatting it up here.
0: Likewise, doctor. Let's begin with the most special topic that is fitness. Fitness plays a very important role in everyone's life and yet it is one of the factors that people usually ignore. So what do you think and what do you want to speak to those people who actually tend to ignore their fitness and to the people who want to start with their fitness regime?
1: I think when it comes to folks maybe innocently ignoring fitness, it often comes from this place of of anxiety or nervousness, um, not understanding how to get started or feeling like you need to have all of these things in a row before you get started, right? So, to someone who maybe is not doing fitness or feels like they're not doing enough fitness, my recommendation would be to set the barrier lower for yourself. Um, We call it the the low hanging fruit, right? Make it as easy as possible for you to do the fitness. Um, For example, if you're not doing anything, it could be as simple as getting up every 20 minutes from your seat, whether it's in your office or at your home, um, or if you work from home, then it is both. That could be very simple, right? Even saying go for a 30 minute walk every day could be too high, too much for you. So keep it simpler. Um, don't feel like you need to have all of these things, all of these ducks in a row like you see with um, folks on on social media, you know.
0: Okay, so we can say in a nutshell that we need to move.
1: Yeah, I mean, movement move is knitting. is really the really the reason we're doing fitness, right? is to move um, to ward off the negative consequences that come with sitting too much. Now if you do look at the natural human history, Homo sapiens, we don't we have we have historically sat a lot, right? If you look at the studies they've done on some of the last remaining like tribal populations, they do sit a lot, but the thing that differs is that even when they're sitting, they're still slightly active. They're tending to children, they're doing little tasks, and though they sit, they get up frequently. Right. So sitting is not or this inactivity is not like this, you know, this devil, this bad thing. It's just how we approach it. You know, many of our jobs require sitting or standing still. And at the heart of fitness, we're just trying to make up for all of that sitting still. So if you just look at it in that way, then just get yourself moving. Move frequently throughout the day. If you're not someone who really wants to have this hard 30 to 60 minutes of exercise, then just try to move more during the day.
0: Absolutely, and thanks to coronavirus for giving us this routine of sitting for a long time. (laughs) Truly. Yeah. Also, Dr. Tyler, can we say that fitness is a type or a particular body shape or particular body weight, a particular body type? Like, what exactly can fitness be seen as? Is it just uh, having strong metabolism? You know, because. We often come across people who have this myth in their mind that being fit, it means having a particular uh, shape of your body, having a particular desirable weight. So what do you think about this?
1: Yeah, that's I, that's like a time-tested question. I think we're all kind of wondering, you know, what does it mean to be fit? And I, I would say classic, like, like we learned in school, it depends, right? So fitness is very context-dependent. We and you and I are on different parts of of this earth. We have different lives. We have different careers, um, different family expectations. So fitness means something different for both of us. I don't think it's fair to apply a certain body shape or physical ability to fitness. In reality, fitness is just somewhere on this grand continuum of health, right? People who are fit are also typically pretty healthy. Now you can get so fit that you become unhealthy, right? So fitness doesn't just mean you're like at the pinnacle, you're you're perfect. So in terms of defining fitness, I don't think you can use a certain body shape to define fitness. I think we have to look at how prepared you are to do the things that life asks of you without being, um, we'll say like knocked out when you do those things. Can you get up and do your job every day? Can you visit with your family, care for your children, um, and still enjoy movement outside or in your home or recreationally and be fine. While the rest of your body, your heart, your lungs, your stomach, your brain are functioning well, I think that's fitness. Being able to do all the things you need to do without you know, falling on the ground.
0: Beautifully explained. This is the certain explanation everyone needs to hear because this is what actually describes what Fitness is in the real life, you know. You don't have to have a certain desirable weight and body shape to get fit. And if that is the thing that is stopping you from getting fit, so guys, everyone who's listening and watching us, get up from your bed right now and start to move. Moving ahead, Dr. Tyler, we have certain injuries, you know. We have seen a, a, like a sudden raise in frozen shoulder cases. I think you would have also come across patients having frozen shoulders, especially because, you know, uh, like they say they are into strength training and they still have this frozen shoulder problem. So please tell us something about the prevention of frozen shoulder and also how to take care of it, like home care system for frozen shoulder.
1: Yeah, so when it comes to the prevention of frozen shoulder, I don't have a lot of info for you. We're still trying to figure out what the epidemiology of frozen shoulder is. Like, we understand the general age range and how it affects women more frequently than men and people with certain demographics or lifestyles, but we don't truly understand frozen shoulder as much as we would like. I mean, quite frankly, and if you want to ward off frozen shoulder, stay moving, right? Stay moving in as much range of motion as you can in your shoulders, in your upper extremities, um, as frequently as you can. If you are someone whose life doesn't require you to go overhead reaching above your eyes, then you need to purposefully instill that into your everyday life as simple as grabbing a towel going over to a wall and sliding the towel up and down on the wall 10 times a day. Right now, if you're someone who reaches in the cabinets a lot, you're probably going to be okay. Now let's say you do have frozen shoulder. Historically, as you know, uh, we were taught and for a long time, we really pushed into that resistance with passive stretching, a therapist, a chiropractor, uh, a doctor would use their hands and help Mm. you get into more resistant ranges, right? If someone could only reach here, we push higher, higher, higher. And it it may have been effective for a very small population of people. Um, But I think maybe anecdotally with some of the folks that I've worked with with frozen shoulder, it really comes down to balancing enough intensity with stretching, but not creating so much discomfort that the body starts to guard and resist against that, right? Frozen shoulder is happening because certain tissues are tight they are shortened for sure but frozen shoulder is also occurring because the nervous system your brain is resisting you from moving that shoulder into certain directions and now when you yeah. push into that nerve that that resistance that the nervous system is providing you're only going to make it more protective If you see people with frozen shoulders, they put them under anesthesia, that shoulder can move a lot lot more when that person is unconscious because the nervous system is no longer protecting. If we understand that there's a protection going on, we now know that we have to approach frozen shoulder with a little bit more gentleness we have to go into those painful or resisted range of motions slowly so the brain and the nervous system can say okay this isn't so bad and recognize that it's going to take months and sometimes no matter what you do frozen shoulder is going to follow its own time path we know that after 9 12 months things start to change sometimes regardless of what you do
0: you mean you we do really have to push our limitations a little more uh, with the sense of range of motions to you know, acquire the original range of motion of our shoulder. Am I right, Dr. Tyler?
1: Yes, we do need to push those range of motions, but we need to do so tactfully. We can't be yeah. pushing into those range of motions every single day at a nine out of 10 intensity We need to give the body some reprieve, some break, and we need to allow the body to accept that new range of motion. And if we're always causing it so much discomfort, it's just going to protect against it and really not let you move any further.
0: Great. Uh, With this, I would like you to uh, get to know something about a very special segment of my show that is answering the questions of our mind of my guests, followers and listeners and viewers, everyone, you know, for every special speaker we have, we often ask our followers and viewers to send us the questions they would like to ask from you. So Dr. Tyler, I do have some questions with me for you. So the first question is from Radhika Gupta from Punjab, India. Punjab is a state in India. And she is asking, Hey, Dr. Anushruti, thanks for letting me the opportunity to ask this question. Thank you, Radhika. I'm a pleasure. Hey, Dr. Tyler, how are you? I just went through a TKR and it is almost one month now. I would like to get back to my dancing classes. How shall I start with?
1: Okay, so she had a TK, a total knee arthroplasty, is that yeah. correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. All right.
1: right, so we're about a month out from a knee replacement and sh- this woman is looking to get back into dancing.
0: Yes, okay. absolutely.
1: Perfect. I think a month, um, depending on the person, may be appropriate to start thinking about dancing, but there are a few prerequisites we want to make sure are happening before you get to dancing at 100%, okay? If we break down dancing, we can know, we know that you have to be on one leg for an extended period of time. You have to do a little bit of squatting and bending, and you also have to be able to move side to side and with some rotation. Right now, we put all of that together and you're asking your body to do that pretty quickly for five, 10, 15 minutes at a time before you take that break. So what I would say is make sure that first you can stand on that one leg for at least 30 seconds without, you know, significant discomfort, without wobbling, without putting your hands on anything. Okay, two. Make sure that you can at least sit down and stand up from a chair 10 times without any discomfort, without using your hands. And then you want to start reintroducing certain aspects of dancing. Can you move side to side? Can you rotate both ways? And then when you can do those things, it's time to start reintroducing dancing itself in small spurts. Go back to class, fine. But start with just doing the, the the warm-up drills, and then that's it for the day. After a week of that, you go back, you do the warm-up drills, and then you do maybe minutes, parts of the dance practice, and you take a rest for the other half of the time. Basically what I'm saying is it may be time to start dancing but it's not time to start dancing at 100% yet. You have to recognize that there's probably another month, maybe two, of this slow onboarding, this slow progression back to 100% so that we can make sure the supportive tissues of the knee, the tendons, the ligaments, are able to handle um, the the intense dancing that you likely are doing.
0: So Radhika, do make a note of what the doctors just said. Next is Jason from Texas. He's saying, Hey Dr. Taylor, how are you? Uh I hike I had got a chance to meet you once. I don't know if you remember this. Okay, so it's a story time. Well, well, the question is: I got a sprain in my ankle while hiking. Should I use an ice pack or a hot pack? Okay, this is something what people generally generally have a doubt in, you know. They do not actually know when to use a ice pack and when to use a hot pack. So, Jason, thanks for the question though. Yeah,
1: thanks, Jason. So When it comes to icing and heating, um, both of those things nowadays we understand are really just to help you feel a little better, right? When you have an injury within the first 24 to 48 hours, ice is probably going to be a good thing because one, it helps to reduce pain, but two, it can slow down some of that extravagant swelling and inflammation that occurs. When you've had trauma, like a fracture or a really hard sprain, It's okay to slow down the inflammation at first because it's happening so rapidly and inflammation can cause additional pain. But we understand that inflammation is something, depending on what you believe, that took the human body thousands of years to develop evolutionarily, which means inflammation is kind of important for healing. It's the body's way of forming a little bit of a cast around the fracture. It helps the body introduce healing chemicals and and other things from from the body to Start repairing that area. What I'm saying is ice is not something that's imperative for healing. So don't feel like you have to ice. Heating is probably not a great idea within the first one to two days after an injury because you're going to kind of speed things up maybe a little too much. So if you want to ice, ice for the first couple of days and don't feel like you have to ice after that. It's not needed. After about the first couple of days, you can choose what you want to do, whether it's icing or heating. I generally tell folks, heat before to help loosen things up and get some more blood flow. Ice after if you're having pain to help, you know, kind of hide the pain a little bit. And that's pretty much it.
0: I think this was the beautiful explanation of when to use ice pack on hot pack. And all the viewers and listeners, I do believe this one of the biggest doubt in your mind is now uh, clear. Next, moving on, we have Nidhi Sharma from Delhi. Hi, Nidhi. Hey, Dr. Anushruti, how are you? I love your videos. Thank you so much, Nidhi. Hi, Dr. Tyler and greetings from India. Okay, you're getting greetings from India as well. Uh, Delhi is the capital of India. I want to start workout to gain weight. I am very lean and thin. What exercise should I start with also for strength training? Am I supposed to take any muscle builder powder?
1: Good, good collection of questions. Um, I love- I have a great audience.
0: I mean, you love the audience I have.
1: It's nice. It's nice when someone asks a question about gaining weight. It's really good to see. Now it's okay when you want to lose weight, but it's nice to have that change up once in a while. Her name was Nidhi, right? Yeah,
0: Nidhi.
1: So Nidhi, you know, when it comes to trying to gain weight, it comes down to two things, right? One, you have to make sure that you're taking in more calories than your body is burning. If you are someone who is always been pretty thin, then you may do really well with burning calories just naturally. So my first suggestion is to eat a little more, right? You don't have to go crazy with, with powders or or these different supplements. Just simply take your meals and make them slightly larger, okay? Add a little bit more of the carbohydrates like the, the rice and the breads and the potatoes. Add a little bit more of the protein, the meats, the beans, and things like that, and then stick to the main movement patterns instead of focusing on exact exercises, right? So we wanna squat, which is sitting down and standing up. We wanna hinge, which is bending at your hips, picking things up from the ground. We wanna push, like a push-up or a bench press or pressing overhead. And we wanna pull, like a pull-up or a row, pulling things towards your body. Those fundamental movement patterns, in addition to some core work, is going to help you build muscle and you're going to put on some weight if you are taking in enough calories right so we have to eat a little bit more and then quite frankly just get in the gym and get going don't worry about specifics right now
0: i believe besides nidhi we do have a lot of viewers who are hidden but i know they are going to jot down all these steps by you next we have miss Karina from jaipur hi Karina. jaipur is also known as the pink city of india Pink. Once you visit, yeah, the pink city of India. I'll well, Google it. Yeah, she says, hi, Dr. Tyler, my son suffers from cerebral palsy. Can physical therapy help in my son's case by chance? I am looking for a good PT in India or in other country as well. Okay.
1: Absolutely, I think so. And I'm going to answer that without knowing your son's age um, or maybe how you know what kind of cerebral palsy we're looking at what his presentation is but i would say regardless of any of that physical therapy can help my my assumption is you're asking if it can help um your son be more maybe independent with his day-to-day or stronger or healthier in general and i would say absolutely now um when it comes to finding a physical therapist who can help your son, you wanna do some some questioning when you call these places or when you speak to your uh, physician, if that's how it works over there with the referral source. Basically, make sure that the physical therapist is understanding of cerebral palsy. We all have some clinical background or education in cerebral palsy, but I wouldn't confidently say that we all can work really well with someone with cerebral palsy. Could I work with someone with CP and, and, and help them to some degree? Yeah, but I could probably help them to hear, right? Yeah. But there's definitely someone else out there that can help him get even further. So if you've never worked with someone physical therapy or your son hasn't with cerebral palsy, you can probably find anyone and be effective for maybe 6 to 12 weeks. After that, you may want to look for someone else who can take you that next step further. And it doesn't have to be a physical therapist after we've figured out some quality adjustments for the home and better ways for him and you to move around so anyone who is adequate in knowledge about both cerebral palsy and fitness can help your son get whatever it may be stronger more mobile or more independent
0: this is the beauty of physical therapy like where you feel that physical therapy or what is going to work for a special case then there comes the physical therapy department which works in probably all the cases last question for the day we have Tanishka from Mumbai Mumbai I think you would have heard about Mumbai Bollywood exists in Mumbai like every yeah. film okay great so she asks <laughs> hey Taylor hi hi Taylor how are you I went through your profile I liked it I have seen you using a massage gun. Should I use a massage gun? I have persistent <laughs> pain in my back and neck. Okay.
1: Uh, How you probably saw. My
0: followers?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kudos for for taking a look at the profile before you asked the question. I, I, I love that. Um, I, she might be referring to a, a, a funny video I put on on Instagram of me using massage gun on my face, saying that I was trying to heal the headaches from everyone saying that you know percussion tools or massage guns are going to like solve all the issues. Um, I I think massage guns are great tools um, because they can help to calm down an area and open a window of opportunity for more movement. Um, If you have a a cranky lower back or a cranky neck or your shoulder is sore because you you tweaked it, putting something in a top shelf or, or working out, a massage gun can help to kind of take the edge off Right. Same thing with a foam roller or even a massage from someone, Um, it can be very effective in making the area feel good in the moment, which allows you to do movement, which is going to make that area feel good for long term. It's a combination of things. It's never going to be just one or the other. Quite frankly, I have all of my personalized program clients. I suggest they use foam rollers for specific areas on that specific day. If we're going to squat, let's foam roll the the glutes and the thighs a little bit, if you want to. And then let's get to moving because it kind of calms the area down. And like I said, opens a window of opportunity for movement. So if you're dealing with an injury, or a a sore area, go ahead and use that foam roller or that gun for a minute or two and then move on. Find some movement that can help you feel better or solve the the root issue.
0: Well, you have answered, I guess, everyone's question so beautifully that they are really going to give you a thanks in your DM and just look (laughs) after it. I really believe they are going to send it. you just beautifully answered everything. With this, we have come to an end of the podcast, today's episode. Thank you so much, Dr. Tyler, for taking our time for us and speaking so much, so beautifully on this wonderful topic. I do hope you enjoyed having a conversation with us and my viewers and listeners too.
1: That This was so great. I loved the, the question part of it. I loved chopping it up with someone in, in the same field from across the world. Um, yeah. you know, I think it's great if anyone does have questions Um, in addition or kind of building on some of the stuff that we talked about don't hesitate to reach out i'm sure doctor's gonna put you know my information on on all the things so it was a pleasure i would gladly do this again any day
0: thank you so much likewise doctor and guys everyone who's listening and watching to us from various parts of the countries of the world i hope that you have now straightened your back because this was your reminder to straighten your back Also, take care of yourself, take care of your loved ones. We'll see you in the next video, in the next episode. Till then, take care. Goodbye.